Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be continuing our study through the book of Psalms and we come to chapters 136 through 140. That's right, we are getting so close to the end that you can almost taste it. I mean, we are just about there just a couple more days. So I hope that you've been enjoying this study, and I hope that you've been going through the book of Psalms five chapters at a time. Uh, Boy, that's really cool if you've stayed consistent and haven't missed. Yesterday, it was interesting because in uh, the devotional here, we did, of course, five chapters of Scripture. And uh, that was the first time that we, we did that, that I read all five chapters and kind of went through it. Well, today, we're just going to be looking at Psalm 139. We're just be looking at Psalm 139. There's a lot in this psalm, and it is an important psalm. In fact, uh, it's one that is incredibly important and, um, I don't know, vital, maybe is a good way to put that, uh, to my life. It was in, in front of a Planned Parenthood that I had you know, chosen to go and to read um, some scriptures. And with that, uh, I came to reading Psalm 139. Of course, um, it's a pro-life passage. We're going to see that here in this. Uh, But with that, I made a a vow to God that whenever I'm in front of a Planned Parenthood, whenever I go there, I make sure that I read Psalm 139, that I read Psalm 139, that I would do that. And so that has been a practice of mine, and I thought it was interesting because um, now I'm recording this the day before. That's generally when I record. It is the day before, or sometimes I get a few ahead in the the hopper. But uh, but today, the day that this is coming out here, Psalm 139, the one that we're that you'll be listening to it. Uh, this is a day when we're going to be going out, and there's a youth conference uh, at the church I'm a part of, Cornerstone World Outreach, in Sioux City, Iowa. And there's a youth conference going on. Uh, the the Go Youth Conference, and of course, they're they're got a lot of going. They're they're going out and making uh, disciples. They're going out and uh, evangelizing. And one of these outreaches is to go outside of Planned Parenthood and to have a church service out there. And we're going to be out there today, or the day at least that you're listening to this. And of course, that means that I'm going to be reading Psalm 139. And I, I didn't, you know, plan it out this way. I didn't look that far ahead. I didn't think any of that. In fact, it was uh, just a few hours ago when I was getting ready to record, and I was kind of just talking through everything with Sarah. I, I kind of realized I went, you know what? I'm pretty sure we're going to be looking at Psalm 139 uh, tonight. And uh, when I record, and of course. She understood the significance of that, knowing that it's going to come out and be published tomorrow. When we're going to be out there, a lot of you are going to be listening to this, potentially while I'm reading this in front of Planned Parenthood. So I just think that's pretty cool. I just think that is pretty neat. But let's go ahead and let's read Psalm 139. It says this, O Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You have known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me, indeed the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, in that my soul knows very well my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, that hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count my enemies. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I just really love this psalm. It is it is just one of my absolute favorites, and like I said, uh, it, it has been one that is in my arsenal uh, that, that I use often when going out and battling in front of Planned Parenthood, um, and it is one that if you uh, if God calls you to go out there uh, outside of Planned Parenthood, it's one that I would say that you should put in your arsenal. You should you should take a Bible. You should read this psalm. You should declare the truths of it. But it starts off here and it says, O Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You have known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. And of course, it goes uh, on and it talks about here uh, basically that you can't run or get away from God. And this is important for every person to understand. You, you know, God knows your inward man. You cannot hide who you are truly from God. You might be able to hide it somewhat from those around you, or at least for a time. You might be able to deceive a lot of people around you, but you cannot deceive God. You can even deceive yourself. You know, you can become self-deceived, but you cannot deceive God. God knows exactly who you are. He knows who you are. He knows what you're doing. He knows wh where you're going and where you've been. You cannot run from God. You can't hide from God. You cannot deceive God. He knows exactly everything about you. You are who you are, and God knows it. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that you should strive to be a righteous person, because you can't be fake before God. It just doesn't work. You might be fake in front of other people. You might be fake in front of a mirror, but you can't be fake in front of God. So you need to surrender your life to God. You need to be righteous before God. You know, in this this psalm, like I said here, it really has a lot to to say about pro-life. And I think that even this part, this first part of the psalm, has a lot to say about that because there are a lot of people who 
frankly, they say, I'm pro-life. I'm pro-life. Trust me. I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm in a state that has voted completely red, you know, Republican in Iowa here for a while. And yet we've got people who are not or states that are not nearly as red as Iowa, who they're literally Planned Parenthood is shipping people. They're literally flying people into Iowa to murder their babies because Iowa has done nothing about it. There are plenty of Iowa legislators who go and say, you know, I'm pro-life. And by that, they mean that they're not pro-life. They're for baby murder. They might be for less baby murder than some other people, but they're certainly for baby murder. And, you know, I want you to understand something, because if you go and you look at this, God is the self-existent one. You know, he told Moses, I am that I am. He's self-existent. There is no one who is de- that God is dependent upon. There is no one that God is dependent upon for life. He is the giver of life. He's the author of life. He's the sustainer of life. And he goes and he makes us in his own image. And, of course, with him being the God of life— I mean, that's a pretty big statement on life right there. And then on the other side of it, not only is he the God of life, but then he makes mankind in his own image, the Imago Dei, the image of God. He's not for baby be, babies being murdered. I mean, this is, this is pretty basic, simple stuff, stuff that we find in the first chapter of Genesis. So when it comes to understanding that God knows who you are, he knows if you are in agreement with what God has declared in the very first chapter of the Bible that he gave you, in the very essence of who he is when he tells Moses, I am sent you. Wow. Don't be saying that you're something when you're not, because you might be able to fool somebody around you. You might even be able to fool yourself, but you cannot fool God. But then he says in verse 13, for you formed my inward part, you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was hidden from you and I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. We see here a biological truth that we are formed in our mother's womb. Life begins at conception. Life begins at conception, at that point of conception. You have 100% distinct DNA from your mother. It is not your mother's body. It's your body. You are distinct genetically. At that point of conception, you have all of the biological criteria for life. Think about that. Scientifically, you are alive at the point of conception. And this is the truth that's being declared. It's in your mother's womb that you become alive, that you are formed in your mother's womb. And isn't, doesn't that mean that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Every baby that is within 
a womb, that they have that claim. They are fearfully and wonderfully made, that they are fearfully made because they are made in the image of God, and that is so wonderful we can barely comprehend that. That is a life inside the mother's womb. But you know, it's not just those two parts of this chapter that are pro-life. It continues on, and of course it says, you know, in verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. You know, God thinks about you. He thinks about every baby inside the mother's womb. Isn't that incredible? I mean, that, that is pro-life right there. But then it comes to verse 19, and it says something interesting. It says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Now, I would love, and sometime I will get into this idea of how in the world you could slay the wicked and still be pro-life. But but I want you to understand God is the author of life. He's also the the author of capital punishment, and that is a pro-life position. Well, we, we could we could get into that another time. We don't have time to look in that today. But today I really want to look at this idea of hating people. But specifically hating them, it says, with a perfect hatred. I hate them with a perfect hatred. Now, wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to love everyone? Well, yeah, you are to love your neighbor. You are to love your neighbor. But you know, you cannot rightly love your neighbor without having a perfect hatred. And what is a perfect hatred? It is a hatred of the old man. You know, when I stand outside of Planned Parenthoods, I often pray this, Lord, I hate those who work at Planned Parenthood, who are murdering babies, who are coercing women often to murder their child. And Lord, as I hate them, I pray that you would thwart their day that you would make it so that they have flat tires and they can't get to work, that their alarms don't go off, that they stub their toes, that everything goes wrong for them, that their computers crash while they're trying to work right now. But Lord, I hate them with a perfect hatred. I pray that you would slay their old man and that a new man would arise in their life that they would turn away from their sin, that they would repent from their sin, and they would come to salvation through Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, that is a perfect hatred. Father, I pray that they would be under judgment until they repent of their sin and come to you. But Father, I pray that if they repent of their sin, and if they come to you, that we would have open arms to receive them just as you receive them, Father. 
Because folks, that is a perfect hatred. And I believe this is exactly what the psalmist is getting at, and he affirms it in verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Isn't that interesting when we think about how this started? Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. And now he says, Lord, even though you know everything, I, I am giving you permission. I want you to search my heart, not because you don't have the knowledge, not because you don't have the ability, but Lord, I want you to bring things up in my life that I need to correct, that I might need to change, that I might need to repent of. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, you need to be pro-life. Look, I stand outside of Planned Parenthoods. I am pro-life. I, 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 I will stand up and be a voice for the pre-born every day, but I want you to know it's not enough that you're just pro-life. You need to be pro-everlasting life, pro-eternal life. And that means you need to be pro-righteousness and anti-wickedness, which, of course, you can't really be physically pro-life without being anti-wickedness and pro-righteousness. And you can't truly be anti-wickedness and pro-righteousness without saying, Lord, search my heart, try me, know my ways, show me if there's any wicked way in me. So today I just want to ask you, are you pro-life? Are you in agreement with God? Are you being honest with God because he already knows you? Are you recognizing the miracle and the, the wonder of, of a baby being, being alive at the moment of conception? And are you truly standing up for that truth? Because uh, let me tell you, in our culture today, that's our greatest battle. But also, are you truly pro-physical life by also being pro-eternal life, which means you're anti-wickedness? and pro-righteousness, and not just in the lives of others, but in your life. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We pray cause it's all we can do And while we trust in Jesus Sometimes he leaves us Waiting for his hand to move Oh, but even in darkness We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been 